All right, welcome back to Fourth and Forever. I'm your host, Mark Sanchez, with the newest member of my family. This is a new puppy we got. His name is Chavo, which uh, translates from Spanish to uh, kind of like little boy, or uh, you know, little muchacho. Chavo is kind of like the Irish term for lad, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, he's a he's a poodle pointer, and. Um, my other dog, Oso, is not a big fan. Watch. Oso, come here. Come here, big guy. Come here. Good boy. Good boy. Look at these guys. Look at them. <laughs> Oso basically hates him because he used to be... He used to be it in the family, you know? He got all the love. He got all the cuddles. And now this guy's taking over. But that's kind of what's been going on with me recently. Um, other than that, I'm just excited about our guest today. Anthony Lynn. Chargers head coach. Here's what you need to know about Anthony Lynn. Humble beginnings from Texas, a single parent family growing up, and uh, really his grandfather was the paternal uh, force in his family and the paternal influence as he grew up without a dad. So hard work ethic instilled in him from a young age. I do want to ask him about construction. I know that was a big part of his life, working construction. Ask him about his Super Bowl back-to-back uh, -back appearances and victories with the Denver Broncos and John Elway, Terrell Davis, those kind of players, Mike Shanahan, and then how he moved into coaching, how he worked his way up the ranks. Talk about the different players he's had the opportunity not only to play with, but then coach. Uh, people like LaDainian Tomlinson, Thomas Jones, Sean Green, those kind of people that we share uh, relationships with. Talk about the Jets a little bit, about how he ascended the coaching ladder quickly from position coach to assistant head coach, and then to coordinator, and now head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Thrilled to have him in, uh, not so thrilled that he kicked my butt on the golf course. Very excited about today's special guest, former coach of mine and a good friend, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Denver Broncos as a player and has since shot up the coaching ladder, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, Anthony Lynn. Thanks for coming, Coach. Hey, man. Good to see you, brother. Good, <laughs> Good to, see, to you. see you. Thank you for yeah. doing this. Sorry we didn't get all 18 holes in of golf. We had some budget cuts, so we could only hit nine, okay? <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was we'll amazing. We'll work it in. We'll work to, it in. You're, uh, <laughs> you're no stranger to golfing. You were just in yeah. the Classic here in Tahoe recently. How was that tournament? Tell me about it. Who'd you meet? Who are you most starstruck by? You can tell us here on this show. We don't tell anybody anything. Uh, you know, I'm really not a starstruck guy. I treat people... Uh, you know, the way uh, I like to be treated. That's right. And uh, it's just a, a lot of neat people for a great cause, raising money for mm -hmm. American Century. But at the same time, it's a competition. Now, yeah. It's a real tournament. And how'd you shoot? And uh, I, I can tell you this. When I'm not playing tournament golf, I'm about 10 strokes better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, when did you start golfing? Where did that come from? You know, I probably started playing golf, Mark. Uh, seriously, probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games where you think it's really easy. And I played baseball in <laughs> yeah. college, yeah. And high school, and golf ball, and you're just sitting there and it's not moving. <laughs> Thinking. And, and you struggle to hit it <laughs> where you want to hit it. It's just, it's so challenging. Yeah. And I, I, just, I just love the game. I wish I could play it more, but unfortunately, in my profession, you know, I get to play five months out of the year. So uh, I take what I can get. Okay. So it wasn't one of those sports you grew up playing, but no. something you grew up doing was construction. 
Tell me about growing up, working on construction sites, building homes, and uh, your parents, their influence, your grandfather, his influence. Talk about your home life back in Texas. Someone's done their homework. You know, <laughs> uh, that construction, that goes way back with me. So uh-huh. I was probably 12 years old when I started. And the whole concept came about because I was really good friends with this family in my hometown, and they own a construction company. And uh, I, was, I grew up in a single-parent home. Mm-hmm. And I got tired of watching my mom work two jobs, and we, and we still barely have enough. Sure. And so I just felt like as a young man, I need to go do something. Yeah. So I went and applied for a construction job with this company. I knew the family. And uh, they said to me, we saw you know, you're, you're 12, you're turning 13 next month. We, we, we can't even have insurance, employee insurance on you. You're too young. <laughs> it's like child labor and law. So I'm like, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. And now uh, we have a football game at Thursday night. We're playing our arch rivals. And uh, I scored four touchdowns and rushed for 260 yards. And, <laughs> and the guy that owns the construction company happened to be at Texas A&M Booster. No way. <laughs> so he comes knocking on the door. He found me and goes, hey, kid, you still want that job? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to funnel you to A&M. You know, I but, like uh, that, that family ended up being like my second home. Yeah. And uh, I worked for that family most of my childhood until I left in uh, high school and went to college. Yeah. But uh, I... I I developed a love for and a passion for construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just creating a foundation, building a foundation, and then creating something from that foundation. You know, coaching is very similar to, th- to that. Yeah. And so uh, I-, I continued uh, construction all the way through uh, uh, my playing days in Denver. You know, unbelievable. I, I started doing fixture uppers and then I tore one down from the ground and built it from the ground up <laughs> and started building single family homes. I love it. And so, uh, you know, when I was done playing, I set the family down on the sofa, and I said, okay, daddy can go coach football, because Mike Shanahan had just offered me yeah. a four-year contract, yeah. or daddy can stay in construction. What do you guys prefer? They all raise their hand, football, football. <laughs> they want to go to the game. Uh, yeah, they want to go to the game. They want to be around the game, and yeah. so I, that's why I stayed in football and didn't leave uh, at the time and start construction. Yeah, I love it. That's, I mean, obviously taught you your hard work, your grit, uh, your work ethic. I know it, uh, I think it was your grandfather, right? Was your real paternal figure in your life. Is that correct? Because I know that, you said that, that is correct. Single parent, single sure. mom, yeah. raising you. Mm-hmm. And then what did your grandfather teach you? Tell me the story about breakfast, about uh, being on time for breakfast. Yeah, you did a lot of homework. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he was, uh, my grandfather was a disciplinarian. And, uh, you know, he, he used to pick me up from practice every day. And I remember one day he picked me up from football practice. And he goes, you know what? People around town say you're pretty good. My grandfather never really made it to some of my games and practice because he was working a lot. Mm-hmm. He said, if, if you want to go where you want to go in life, Anthony, you're going to have to run faster. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Grandpa, I'm the fastest kid on the team. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, no, no, no. You, you don't get it. You're going to have to run faster. And, and I understand what he's saying now because he understood that there are certain – communities, there's certain races that are behind, yep. and the playing field is not even, and, and you're going to have to run faster to catch up. And that's what he was trying to explain to me, and he did in a lot of ways uh, get that across to me, but i never forget that conversation because I think about it often now, yeah, especially, especially now. Yeah. with what's going on in the world sure. right now. But um, he was just a disciplinarian, and, and, and you know, and he, we had breakfast every morning at, uh, at 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. You had to be at the breakfast table, and afterwards you had to go in the garden and do some garden work. Sure. I was up one morning, and I, 
you know, I, I got up a little later. Six, six fifteen. <laughs> and I go Cold to, breakfast? I go to the kitchen. No, hot breakfast. <laughs> no, hot I'm saying breakfast. was the breakfast cold by then or it wasn't? No, even no, 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 no. <laughs> the breakfast was in the slop bucket. I had to feed the cows and the pigs. Yeah, baby. And and, and I look in the slop bucket and there's all the breakfast and grandpa. Well, what happened to my breakfast? He goes, I told you 6 a.m. And I was never late for breakfast again. I love it. I bet. I bet not. Not if you want to eat. That's great. I love that. So then you pursue your dreams as a football player. You're a great player in high school. You go to Texas Tech, undrafted free agent, Giants. Uh, You stop in Denver, then are gone, correct? You go to another team and then come back to Denver for the Super Bowl. I I go to 49ers. That's right. The Niners. two years, I went back to Denver. And... Uh, the only two Super Bowls were in Denver, correct? But still, that's correct. Some good teams in the oh, '90s with the Niners. Oh, absolutely. We Great were, teams. We were really good. Actually, the Niners tried to get me in '94, and I agreed to come in '94, but I didn't want my first impression to be me coming off of an ankle surgery yeah. and being hurt. So I, I never showed up. But we actually won the Super Bowl that year. No way. In oh, that's right. '94. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, that was I, Steve Young Super Bowl. That was Steve Young right Super Bowl. Right here in San Diego, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So, uh, wow, wow, wow. Okay. Really was on three teams that actually won the dang Super Bowl. Dang. But uh, Denver was, I mean, that, that was those those teams I played, uh, contributed and participated, so uh, uh, that was a little different. I just remember when Rex would show all the old clips of coaches, you know how he used to. Uh-huh. And uh, your famous clip is the confetti's coming down, would you say, <laughs> Super Bowl, baby! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I imagine you. That was as, like a childhood dream. The, oh man, that's I, so I cool. I always dreamed of winning the Super Bowl. I never forget after winning that first Super Bowl in San Diego, we were 14 points on the dogs for Green Bay, and we watched that tape and, and we knew if we played them 10 times, we beat them 10 times. I love it. And and, and we won the game, and I, I just remember Mark sitting in my locker room and teammates are popping bottles and champagne, and I'm just sitting there. And, and, I, and, and I don't feel right. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You just won the Super Bowl, man. Celebrate. But I felt a little lost for a really? second. Yeah, because think about it. All your life, all you wanted to do was win a world, right. be, a, be a world champion, win a Super Bowl, and yeah. then it's done. And, 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 and I then never what? thought about what's after that. What's next? <laughs> there was only one goal. That's it. <laughs> that was it. I never thought about it. next. We made it. I'm know? out. And so it just kind of hit me, you know, about an hour later, that it's it's not really winning the world championship. Sure. It's the pursuit of it. Yeah, of course. You know, of of, of of pursuing something special. Yeah. And doing something special like that with a group of men, and uh, but that, that was interesting. Uh, my mindset. And in about an hour, went. Let's win another. Um, one. Yeah, exactly. Win right. One. That's in about an hour. Let's win another. One. That's what you hear you from know? everybody who's done it. Is all right. I need it again. Let's do it yeah. again. Because yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You, you, you got to chase something yeah. else. That's, yeah. I, that's just the way I'm wired. Of course. You know? Of course, you're a competitor. Um, and then as a teammate, one of my favorite teammates that I remember in New York when we were together was Tony Richardson, T. Yeah. Rich. I feel like you were that kind of teammate, like supportive guy. Or how were you as a teammate? You tell me. You know, if I could I, ask your that, former teammate. That's a huge compliment because I think so much of Tony Richardson. Yeah. And so if, uh, if if I could have had the impact that Tony Richardson had on our football team, yeah. then I would have been a great teammate. Okay. I can tell you that. But you were a good teammate. I, you know, I like to think I, I was a good teammate. I, I was very competitive, but at the same time, don't get me wrong, Coach Shanahan tried to replace me every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was always the bubble guy. 
and he would yeah. draft one or two running backs every year, and it would just piss me off. And I would just, you know, just I would compete and run them off. And, yeah. it, and I'd tell Gary Kubiak, who was my offense yeah, coordinator, yeah. I'd say, Kubiak, try to get me again, but I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> You're stuck with me. <laughs> but, I like that. But then they drafted a young man named uh, Mike Anderson. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, boy, this one's different. Real deal. This, this one's going to replace me. <laughs> And, but I really felt compelled to help Mike. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike, Mike was excellent. And, and, and I helped him learn the playbook. We spent a lot of time together. And, uh, and Coach Shanahan ended up keeping seven backs that year. Holy and I cow. was the seventh back. He never had kept seven backs before. But I knew Mike Anderson was going to win a spot. Yeah. But he kept me around for a reason. I so like it. Yeah, I'm glad, of course, I'm glad he of did. You decide it was construction or coaching. Boom. Family decides coaching. We're sticking with football, and now you're you end up coaching with legends. I mean, Mike Shanahan, oh, yeah. uh, Parcells. Yeah. Um, uh, you're with. We were together with Coach Ryan with Rex. Mm -hmm. um, what from those or, or your early coaching days? Your first salary. <laughs> one of your favorite stories one of your favorite players, give me something from your early coaching well, days, whether my, it's Denver, Jacksonville, wherever. i tell you, my first salary was really, really low. Coach Shanahan structured that contract uniquely. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that I was committed sure, to sure. football, so yeah. I think he gave me like $80,000 my and, first salary. He gave, and when he you gave start me coaching, four, he gave you're me grinding. Four, I was grinding. I mean, I was you're all making all the cut-ups, you're making all the copies. I'm you're making all the all. coffee. <laughs> You talking about I'm doing everything, but he wanted to make sure that I was committed, and, sure. my, and my contract was was built low to high, and and it, it increased dramatically, you yeah. know, getting me back to normal coaching salary. But he wanted to make sure that I was committed, right. and so uh, I stuck it out. And once I made it through those uh, first three years, then I took the job in Jacksonville in the fourth year, when I was going to make the most money, I left. <laughs> I took a pay cut to go to Jacksonville because really? I wanted I wanted to be a position coach. Sure. Sure. And Jack Del Rio offered me an opportunity to be yeah. a position coach. That's coach running backs. Coach running backs. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there was Cleveland? I left Jacksonville and went to Dallas. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Dallas. Dallas. So you go to Dallas and tell me the story. There was a recent Super Bowl ad. I never knew this story. And uh, when you were coaching in Dallas, off-season training yeah. camp in Oxnard, yeah. you go across the street to get a pizza. Is that right? With Todd Haley? I was with, with Todd Haley. It's my first training camp with the Dallas Cowboys. I uh, grew up in Dallas, mm -hmm. you know, always wanted to wear that star, coach for that star. I'm in my first training camp, and we make it through camp. It was a good camp, and we decided to go out and grab some pizza. Sure. So I think this place was Tony's Pizza or something. Yep. So we go out, we, we, we grab some pizza. There's a little something going on across the street, and, and Todd Haley was, was uh, yelling, hey, come across come over, let's, let's just check this out. You know, it was our last night in town. Sure. So put the piece in the truck, start walking across the street, and here comes this car just flying. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you know, this guy's going, he's not going to stop. So I back up, I'm still on my side of the road, but this guy swerves and just hits me. And he was going 55, 60 miles an hour, and I flew 50 feet in the air, 50 feet all the way across the street landed on top of another car, totaled that car. Thank goodness I landed on a car and not the concrete. And somehow I survived. By the grace of God, I survived. And uh, it's funny you brought that up because my wife and I, we were just driving from a Monterey. Yeah. 
and uh, we stopped in Ventura County, uh -huh. and I called the officer because we still talk. That you was, called the officer that, was that there responded that to the call? Yeah. Holy cow. I met him in the first uh, Respondents commercial I did right, a couple right. years ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And that so was awesome. Jim Brittle and Craig Kelly, we stay in touch. Wow. And uh, I just wanted to go back over to the site, and I wanted to show my wife. And I hadn't been since I left the hospital there in 2005. Holy and uh, he met me at the site. He's, he knew the address. He knew all the details. He said he'd never forget that night. And we sat there for about an hour, just two days ago in Ventura County, uh, Santa Clara and uh, uh, Figaro Street. And we, we, we sat there and, and we just talked. And uh, I could not believe where I was hit and where I landed. What, he, what, did, what were his first impressions on the scene? I mean, he, he was a as young a, as police officer. officer. Oh, okay. He was, okay. Like, he was like 25 years old at the time. Whoa. And I believe he remembered every detail so much because he was so young. Yeah, and of course. Had a huge impression on him. I bet. But uh, he, he just, uh, we just talked through every, all the details, and, and he really helped save my life. I was struggling, breathing. I was bleeding everywhere. My face, you know, they, had, they did total reconstruction on my face. Whoa. My, my nasal and nose Whoever was all did that gone. should get a raise. It, it, I mean, hey. my man looks good still. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, how many injuries? How many broken bones? Oh, my, my, my face was shattered. My knee, my shoulder, lungs collapsed. And you uh, totaled that car? Totaled that car that, that I landed on. And, you know... In I, the article, it says something. They read you. They were about to read your last rites. Like, it was... Well, they thought I was gone. I mean, Todd Haley was on the other side of the street. He watched it all. He said he'd never seen a human being fly through the air like that before. When he made it over to me, he just knew I was dead because I, I wasn't responding. Yeah. And I think after about five minutes, I, they said I opened my eyes. And, and you asked about the pizza, if it was still warm? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had no hey, nothing about the pizza. Get the pizza out of pizza. my trunk real quick. <laughs> 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 yeah, that would have been nice, but uh, <laughs> no, actually, I couldn't feel, couldn't feel my legs, nothing. I was oh. paralyzed for the first couple of days, and I just prayed to God, man, and, and that, that, that I could walk again one yeah. day, and, and three days later, they stuck those needles in me, and I oh, I felt that, you know, and, and, then, and how long were you in the hospital? I was in the hospital two and a half weeks. And then they, they walked tried, out of They there? tried to keep me for a month or longer, and, and as soon as I got my legs back, I started busted out of there. Busted. I started trying to bust out, man. And I, I crawled out, but I got out. <laughs> Pulled the fire. I, I was on a plane in two and a half weeks, and they, and they told me that was a mistake because I wasn't I wasn't ready to fly. Yeah. And uh, man, I didn't realize until I got in the air. When I got in the air, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna die in them. <laughs> I'm gonna die with this plane." <laughs> but I made it back to Dallas, and uh, man, I started going back to work. You know, I just, I just, I was just determined to get back to work. It's my first year in Dallas with the Cowboys. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I feel like I was letting the team down, Coach Parcells down, because <gasps> I wasn't there. You know, they hired me to coach the running backs. I wasn't there. Did you talk to him in the hospital? I did. I talked with them. And who uh, were your running backs at the time? Uh, no I had Marion Barber, Julius yeah. Jones, yeah. Uh, Lusaka Polite. Okay. You know, I had some, wow. some pretty good backs. Uh, Kenyon, uh, absolutely. I had a good backfield. Dang. That's yeah, man, that was, that was quite the experience. I had no idea. Quite I had no experience. idea. The whole time we were together in New York, had no well, idea. It's not something I go around talking no, about. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It just, that was, and the Super Bowl commercial came out so well. And it, you know why? Because it wasn't you like know, a. You know why oh, I didn't want to talk about it? Because I, I kept thinking all these years, 
how in the hell did I get hit by a car? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have been standing there. Oh my God. But the guy was three times the legal limit drunk and they caught him. Oh, no they, way. They, they ended up catching him, you know, and they. Whoa. So. What a wild, wild story. Um, yeah. Okay, so then you go from there to Cleveland. So you have that miracle, you go from there to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And yeah. normally a place where careers potentially go to die, <laughs> you have another miracle. You know, we actually won games. Yeah, we, no, we, I know. We've had the last one in season now, time. but. Uh, uh, was that Derek Anderson? Derek and, Anderson. Yeah, was Braylon. Drafted Brady Quinn. Had a, had a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's right, before he came over to us. Good players. Willie McGinnis. Yeah. Was leader on that defense. McGinnis was on that team. Mm -hmm. Was that his last stop? That was his last stop. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. Joe, they had drafted Joe Thomas, you know. I'd say that'd be a solid pickup. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then you go to Cleveland, your second miracle, your current wife. Yeah. Got I mean, she's the real, yeah, she's the real talent deal. here. We got to get her she's, on the show. If we could ever get a hold of her she's, assistant. You she's, know, real, she's, so, she's a real deal. She's on she, TV uh, in New Jersey or New York? She was on TV in, uh, in, in Cleveland. Okay. Well, uh, there when you met yeah, her. But it was Fox 8. And now she's and in now Jersey? Or? She's just left uh, NBC. Okay. She's in LA now full time. Oh, whoa. So, I didn't realize that. She, yeah, she took some time off. And uh, now she's maybe thinking of crossing over, maybe doing something in entertainment. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very so, cool. Well, we'll if she needs any pointers, we'll you know, we have a absolutely. thriving podcast. So absolutely. Her hit us up. And then we go right to our favorite miracle. You survived this crazy car crash. Miracle, you meet your wife in Cleveland, and then you get the miracle of coaching me. <laughs> How was that? And, and let me Let's tell talk you. about the Jets. Let me tell you. Because 09, was, was that your first year too? Before the Jets, that was my first year. Yeah. My son was a freshman at Penn State. Oh, and so, that's right. And I know so this. so I'm watching him in the Rose Bowl. That's and, right. Uh, playing this talented USC team. They got this <laughs> young stud at quarterback. <laughs> oh, boy. You know? Oh, boy. And uh, that Penn State defense was pretty good. I know. They were pretty good. And so, Aaron Maven, uh, remember Aaron oh, Maven? Oh, man. Yeah. They're good. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching this young, talented quarterback from USC just march up and down the field when he needed to, and uh, I was like, wow, that's impressive, because I've watched that defense at Penn State all yeah, year. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I didn't know we were going to draft you, because I didn't know exactly what we needed sure. in New York, but uh, uh, when your name came up, I was like, oh, yeah. There we go. I saw that one up close in person. There we go. That's cool. <laughs> he broke my boy's heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That so that, funny. That, that was a hell of a game by you in that Rose Bowl, and so uh, you had my vote. I appreciate that. Yeah. So then we're together in New York. What uh, What are your first impressions of me? What do you remember? Feel free. Go ahead. Yeah. Great deep ball. <laughs> yes. I remember you. Um, I don't. I don't remember if it was uh, if it was a move the ball period or, or if it was in the scrimmage, but you came in off the bench and Brian Schottenheimer went straight to a run action deep pass yep. down the field and you hit I think it was a clowny. You hit clowny in stride on about a six yard bump. First throw. Yeah. I was like, that's Here impressive. Go. Here we go. Let's roll. <laughs> it's like baby. that's impressive, yeah. man. And those are some good teams, man. Oh, we had good teams. Yeah. I think the veteran leadership, especially my yes. rookie year, Thomas Jones. Talk about Thomas Jones. Oh man. Because just... you come in, it's your first year there. He's an established running back, been to a Super Bowl. Very I mean, established. And when you start getting coaching established running backs like Thomas Jones and as strong as Thomas was, you can have some conflict there. 
Sure. And uh, and Thomas and I, we initially we didn't get off on the right foot, sure. but I learned to respect him. He learned to respect me, and boy, he listened. He became coachable, and uh, just you look at his career. Everywhere he's been, he's had success. Oh yeah. He's brought unbelievable leadership yeah. to those football teams. Yeah. And uh, I just know what it was like when he left. I know. You know that know. was tough. Now. And then you're working hard with Sean Green. Sean Green and yeah. LT. Yeah. Ladanian. And Ladanian came. Uh, a couple years after Thomas left. Yeah. And so, uh, and LT was just outstanding. He was a stud, huh? He was a stud. I mean, he became, the thing that I, I had a knock on him was his uh, pass protection. I, I was like, you know, you got a back that's going to his ninth, tenth year. You know, he's okay at pass protection, but sometimes they don't change. Sure. Well, he, well, when he got there, we had a sit down and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. And And what makes him great is, he didn't take that as an insult or an attack. Yeah. When I talked to him about it, he took it as a challenge. Sure. And he became the best damn third down back in the National Football League. That's that's so funny because when uh, I you was, know. that would be my second year, and uh, I was a little, well, obviously really nervous when I saw him in the offseason. I'm rehabbing my knee, and I see a locker made up for a free agent visit, and it says LaDainian Tomlinson, number 21. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, did we just sign LT? And I'm running in, well, hobbling into the equipment room with a towel on after showering. And I'm like, yeah. hey, Gus, Vito, did we just sign Ladania? And they're like, no, he's coming in for a visit. I was like, what? Like, this was like one of my idols, right? Right, right. So he's there and I'm trying to play it cool. We go to dinner <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember- yeah, we, we went to your- Yeah, I remember Absolutely. going to, um, I remember being in like pass protection meetings and stuff like that. So now that you say this, knowing mm -hmm. this now, Makes so much sense, but we're either playing, it was a uh, second or third game that year, my second year, and um, I'm like, he would break the huddle. As soon as we break the huddle, he would say whatever his flare control was. And it always reminded me, the last thing I heard going up to the line of scrimmage, I know where LT's gonna be. know where he's gonna be. Right? Which so it was smart by him. So smart, because he smart. wants to rock. That's right. <laughs> At first I thought, man, he's trying to help me, but no, I know no, what he's wanted doing. to he rock. Wanted to rock. <laughs> so then uh, we're at the line of scrimmage. We're going through like this dummy cadence. And I say, hey, 23, 23's coming over there. Don't forget to scan. He goes, I already got him. I already got him. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, okay, LT. No, and I'm trying to show off like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, um, man, he was a stud. So you've, you've coached no some amazing players. No doubt. He's, 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 he's one of the best stuff. I think he's one of the best ever. Yeah. And then. And then talk about Sean Green a little bit because we came in the same class. Sean Cream, Bruiser, man. Oh, absolutely. And, Tough. and uh, no, same same year, if if Penn State beats Iowa, mm -hmm. they plays for the national championship. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And, but they lose to Iowa, I think, by three points yeah. at Iowa. It was a hard fought game. And that was Sean. But Sean Green, <laughs> they could not stop Sean Green. I say, who the hell is that back? <laughs> I want him. I and want so him. we got that back. That I love Penn it. You State, got the back. And we got that <laughs> quarterback <laughs> that beat Penn State. <laughs> I like that. That's great. So then you're, you're an assistant coach uh, with the Jets, a running backs coach, and then Rex Ryan makes you assistant head coach. Yeah. Thoughts, feelings, because that was a big jump for well, you. You know, Rex, I, I, I was offered a couple of times a, a coordinator position mm -hmm. with other teams, and Rex, you know, he, he called me and he goes, "Look, I'm, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to take care of you this way." And uh, you know, the second time around, I, I really wanted to be a coordinator. Yeah. And so Rex was like, right, "This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you as assistant head coach." And he said, uh, "I'm not just going to give you a fancy title yeah. and more money. 
I'm going to give you the responsibilities of the assistant head coach. Right. And that prepared me more so to be a head coach than going to be in a coordinator. Than being a coordinator, time, sure. Without a doubt. I, I spent a lot of time in those executive meetings, uh, salary cap meetings, personnel yeah. meetings with owners and recs. And uh, man, he really looked out for me that way. That's awesome. And I thought that was that was a big reason why I was able to interview the way I did. Right. And get the job when I got it. That's that's great. Uh, yeah. One of your favorite Rex Ryan stories. Let's oh, go get a snack. Many. What else? Oh, it's too many. It's too many. <laughs> what yeah. else? I mean, to go get a snack. <laughs> I actually said that a couple of times at the end of my my talk with the team. It, it was just with the Chargers. Just, you it used was just it? natural. <laughs> I didn't, he I didn't. said it every time. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it just it only, came off my tongue. Yeah, it only blew up when he was on Hard Knocks, <laughs> when we were all on Hard Knocks. Right, right. That's a good point. I didn't think about all, that. He said it all the time, and so after listening to that for five years. It's just you know, how he ended the meeting. It just, just, how, let's get so a snack. One day I just said, let's get a snack. <laughs> like, wow, that just flew off the tip of my Did tongue. Did the players know where it came from? They had no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> they had Dang no idea. I'm too old. Damn, that bums me out. Okay. So then you guys head up to Buffalo. And that's where you get to be a coordinator for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. talk about the challenges of being a coordinator, um, the difference. Like you said, you learned a ton as uh, an assistant head coach. Then talk about being a coordinator. I'll tell you what. I think the offensive coordinator position in the National Football League is the hardest job in all sports. Everybody can call plays. Yeah. Anybody At can, least call, plays, they yeah. can call plays. Yeah. Right. No, no, no one tries to call defensive plays. Yeah. Uh, it's always that offensive coordinator yeah. position. Oh, I can't believe you know, he called that on third and three. Why kid, didn't he do that? I have little kids playing Madden, calling plays on Madden, trying <laughs> to tell me how to call plays. I'm like, I, I had never been critiqued like that before in my life. Yeah. And we had a pretty good offense that year. Sure. And uh, that, I mean, that was just a great learning experience for me. Yeah. You never want a job the way I got that job. Mm -hmm. You know, we fired Greg Roman. Right, right, right. That's in right. Week two, and I had to take over in the third week of the That's season. That's a tough spot. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's not your offense. Uh, so you got to you got to stick with what you're doing because you can't you know, right, change course. everything at that time. Right. But. Uh, I feel like the players, Rex, and, and the coaching staff, I feel like we made the most out of that. And uh, we did some pretty good things that year on the offensive side of the ball. But yeah. Was that Tyrod's year? Ty, that was, Tyrod was my quarterback. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. I'm very familiar with Tyrod Taylor yeah. and what he can do, what he can do. And, and uh, looking forward to him being on the center this year. That'd be awesome. Our team. So New York, two stops. There's New York, Jets, New York, New York, Buffalo, New York. Oh, I mean, talk about. Night and day. Yeah, night and day, <laughs> right? I mean, what? I tell you what, uh, Buffalo. I was pleasantly surprised uh, because I, I'd never been upstate New York. Before. Sure, but other than for games, right? The, yeah, the people up there—they love uh, their football now. Oh, they love their football. We just had Josh Allen on the podcast, and he was oh. telling me about Bills Mafia. I had no idea Bills Mafia was yes. a thing. Yes, even it's being a, real thing. a Jets <laughs> player, I didn't yes. realize oh, that these guys are lighting tables on fire and jumping yes. on them and body yeah. slamming people. Before the game, I they was like, just, "Holy cow!" They, so it's they it's just, intense. They love football. They're very loyal yeah. to the Bills. Uh, it, it is a great community. Yeah, you know, for me, I just need good people. Of course, good people and, and, and nice food. I'm, I'm okay. Right. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> Plenty of wings. And, and, and yeah, and the summers up there are unbelievable. They're beautiful. And they're very close to one of my favorite cities in the whole world, Toronto. Toronto's great. You know? Yeah. So my two years in Buffalo. I met some really cool people. Very and, good. Um, it was really good. So then you climb up the ranks. Not only have you been an assistant coach, you're a coordinator in Buffalo. 
And now, in the 56 years of the Chargers history, you're the first African-American head coach, 2017. What's going through your head? I mean, how was the interview? Tell me about the interview. You know, uh, you sat down with the Spanos family, <clears> and I feel like when I sit, I think they interviewed twelve people that year or something. Oh wow! Uh, I feel like when we sat down and we talked, uh, we connected. Yeah, uh, it was no doubt about it. You know, we connected, and uh, when when they explained to me exactly what they were looking for and what they wanted in a head coach, I just told them, I was like, hell, you you're talking about me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and and but we had we had four or five hour conversation and I could just tell midway through that conversation we just connected yeah. on on the, on leadership philosophy personnel uh, you, you name it yeah. and now what the Spanos family you know what they do in the community uh, I'm a firm believer in and, and and helping out in the community and making our community better that's awesome uh, and they do an outstanding job of that that's great so things align there. Then what were you? Eleven and four in the regular season. Eleven and five, twelve and four. What was it? Twelve well, and four. First, right? first year. You know, we we we, we moved, and uh, we started on four. That's right. And That's we, right. We finished nine and seven. Right. We 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 finished strong, and uh, uh, the Bills. We beat the Bills that year, but the Bills beat us in a tiebreaker. Correct. To go. To go yeah. to the playoffs, and I just, well, I still don't agree with that rule, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you beat someone by 40 points, and then they go and they before go to the you. playoffs before you, yeah. But uh, anyway, they, they went. They deserved it. And so we went 9-7, and seven, didn't go to playoffs a year. Then the following year, 218, we went 12-4. and four. That was the year. You know, that, that team showed a lot of grit, a lot yeah. of toughness, won a lot of close games. Yep. Uh, a lot of come-from-behind wins. Yep. It was and, an exciting uh, year. Played smart, though. Took care of the football. Mm -hmm. uh, both of those years, we actually took care of the football. And then 19... We had some key injuries, yep. but every, everyone has injuries. And so Melvin holds out. Melvin Gordon holds out. out. Uh, but I was mostly disappointed in, uh, as a coaching staff, how we didn't find enough ways to try to win games. We lost nine games by one score. Yeah. You know, we got to find a There's way a to win. a kicking game, special teams. Games. Yeah. Special teams actually at one point was was – was, was the best phase we had. <laughs> Keeping you alive. Yeah, what, what we didn't do was we did not take care of the football on offense. We finished yep. 31st in the league in giveaways. Yep. And then on defense, we finished 32nd in the league in takeaways. Yeah. I just, you're just not going to win many games that it's, way. Mark. You don't have the ball enough. You know? And uh, Rex used to say it, Coach Paul Sales used to say it, uh, you, you lose more games than you win in this league. Of course. And I feel like last year we lost games. And, you know, and not – take any credit away from our opponents, but I feel like we lost a yeah. lot of games. Um, and, uh, to me, uh, if you can go back to, this would be my our third year in New York. Uh, we got Plactico, we got Tone. Um, I think that was the year maybe Dustin got hurt. But remember, we're going to play the Giants. We have like four games left. We have to win one out of four, or one out of three, our final three games, yeah. just to make the playoffs. And that would be three years in the road to the playoffs. Yeah coming off of back-to-back -back AFC title games, and we're playing the Giants that week, Victor Cruz has that 90-yard mm -hmm. touchdown, right, where two players miss the tackle and he's he gone. gone. And they go one way and we go the other, exactly. right? We just totally tanked, I felt like, and then the Giants just take off. To me, your season last year, watching because obviously I'm a fan of you, I want you to do well, when Melvin Gordon fumbles on the goal line at Tennessee, I felt like 
Wow. That's where teams can go certain ways. And then, like you said, you find ways to lose games. Yeah. And it's, I just, I drew that parallel. So if you can, for somebody who's, uh, you know, an alien who shows up to planet Earth, explain that tiny, tiny bit oh, <laughs> in man. an NFL season, right? That seems like a lifetime, right? But like that, that little thing that can... I tell you, momentum is one of the most underrated things yep. in the National Football League. Yep. You know, I, I believe the last time I checked, 82% of the teams that score before the half, regardless of the score, when wins. You know, There's it, some crazy stats you go like into that. that locker room with yeah. momentum. Just a little juice, yeah. Uh, just a little juice. I mean, and then you win a game like that in Tennessee, you know, a hard-fought game. Uh, we went. It went down to the wire the year before. We right. played them in London right. on the one yard That's line. right. That's right. You know, and so you, you win a game like that on the road, uh-huh. uh, boy, it can make a huge the difference. The plane ride's different. The, the food plane, tastes every, different. Everything's different. <laughs> and, you know, and the mood, the focus. Yeah. And uh, it's like, here we come. Yeah. It's like, here we come. And then if you lose too many games like that, yeah. then you start doubting yourself. And then it just becomes like, oh, man. That's, yeah. Then, well, then, it, then no one wants to make a mistake. Everyone's playing. Too tight. Too tight. Yeah. No doubt probably one of the toughest decisions you've made as a head coach, but you guys move on from Phillip Rivers, the guy who's been there, one of the best yeah. quarterbacks to ever play, uh, especially to play and never win a Super Bowl. But, I mean, stats-wise, he's off the charts, and then there's, like, this changing of the guard. But it's him, it's Melvin Gordon. I mean, this is a new-look Chargers team. And uh, give me some of your thoughts on – on those things because they have it sometimes it has to happen in certain organizations sure. it happens there right. comes a time when it's right. better for both sides to just move on and so talk and, about and, that. and we talked about it and we had a, a great conversation with phil uh it was just time yeah uh, we felt like and he felt the same way and so uh i like the three quarterbacks that we have right now yeah with uh tyrod and uh, easton stick and uh justin and and so uh uh, I think we'll be just fine, but I have no doubt Philip Rivers will have a heck of a season. Yeah, he's no gonna be hungry. He'll be Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and and Melvin, he's gonna do well in Denver. You know, he's a heck of a running back. You know, yeah, we, now we, he's we, in your division. And he's in. Uh, I wish he had gotten out of the division, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's just uh, some of it comes down to, you know, you you got to have money to pay other players. Of course. And so you gotta you gotta look at how you're gonna allocate that and who you who you can move on from who you who you can't. And uh, we hated to move, to move on from those two guys. Yeah, of course. But uh, I do feel good about the football team. Yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, that, that was the next guy I was going to ask you about. Do you see any parallels between you and him? Undrafted, free agent guy? I, I mean, talk about you, his work ethic. Yeah, his, Austin came into my office. I remember we were in a rookie, after rookie minicamp in San Diego mm-hmm. before we came down. And uh, he said, Coach, what do I have to do to make this team? I didn't even know his name. And I said, well, you're in the, first of all, you're in the wrong office. You need to go down there to the special teams coordinator and get to <laughs> know him. Smart man. And that's exactly what he did. Okay. And he made the team because of special teams. And he and every just time like he, Terrell Davis. Just like Terrell Davis. Yeah. And every time he went in at running back, we moved the ball down the field. Yeah. And it didn't matter if it was second group, third group. And so, but his special teams play earned him a roster spot. And then from there, he's grown into this position uh, where he's this tandem guy that we can use out of the backfield yeah. and blitz pick up. We can use him out of the backfield as a receiver. He's a heck of a runner. You know, uh, he's shifty. He has speed. 
you know, uh, I think he's a, I think he's an outstanding tandem back. Yeah. I want to develop another guy that can uh, hold hold the position down with him. But uh, when we can use Austin in, in, in a plethora of ways, that's when he's most effective. Yeah, I love that. If I, I got to just stand back there and give him the ball between the tackles right. 20 times a game, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's a long day for anybody, that's long right? Day for anybody. That's, that's yeah. old school. Yeah. Running backs. The additions you guys made in free agency before we talk about Herbert and the draft. Um, I'm going to say a player's name. You give me one sentence, one word, if, if that's it. But okay. um, Brian Balaga from the Packers. Consistent. Very good. What about Trey Turner? Nasty. Nasty. Very good. And what about uh, Chris Harris Jr.? Cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's locked down. Tired man. of him being in my face, <laughs> telling me what he's about to do. <laughs> You're ready to see it. So I had to go get him on my squad. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. great. That's great. Okay, so we got a chance to sit down with Justin Herbert. Loved him. Went up to Oregon. Saw his pro day. I mean, talk about the ball jumping out of his hand mm -hmm. just in a workout. It looks like a jugs machine. Holy cow. Yeah. And he can throw it a mile. He can run. He's big. I don't even know if he knows how good he is yet. Right. Um, and I think he's in a great spot behind someone with experience, game-playing experience, who can help mold him. But, I mean, what did you see from him in the draft? Uh, let's start there. What did you see from him in the draft process watching his tape? Uh, you know, he just... He just grew on me throughout the whole process. Mm -hmm. uh, you kept hearing about the other quarterbacks, and, and, and but the more I watched this guy, I mean, this guy's athletic. Really He's athletic. He's nimble. He has strong arm. He makes good decisions. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't beat you. He didn't turn the ball over. Right, right. Uh, I thought he could anticipate a little better, you know, uh, throw some people open mm -hmm. at times, but he was not going to turn the ball over yeah. very much. And so... Uh, uh, just his ability to move in the pocket. I sort of visualizing all the ways you can use a quarterback like this, and oh, yeah. and and, I, and his, his his work ethic and intangibles yep. off the charts. Yep. So I mean, this guy quickly became one of my favorite targets in the draft. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Then um, explain the pro so the process. Normally, you get these workouts with players. You can bring them in for visits, all this kind of stuff. This year, we're in a global pandemic. And now you're like FaceTiming with this kid all the time. How do yeah. you get to know somebody who's going to be the future of your franchise via FaceTime? It's hard. It's harder, but it's not impossible. Sure. And we spent a lot of time on Zoom. Yeah. And some of the topics that we talked about uh, were um, personal okay. and very intentional. And okay. so uh, I make those guys get up, wherever, whatever time zone they were in, they had to be up at 7 a.m., and for, if you're on the East Coast, that was 4 a.m. for me. Yeah. And so uh, we meet with those workers in the mornings. And we did that go. for about four or five weeks. Okay. And so I got to know a lot of the guys through Zoom that way. I mean, that's all we have. Yeah, of course. That's all we had. So uh, uh, I, f I feel like I know them. Yeah. And so when they get here, it will be the first time I've seen them work together. But uh, we do feel like, you know, we know one another. So then you move up in the draft ahead of New England and um, you pick up Kenneth Murray, speed, yeah. physical, from Oklahoma. I you mean, know, what else does he add to this defense? This defense is stacked now. I, I, I feel mean, like, stacked. well, ho, ho, slow down. Come on. Slow down now, slow down. They're good. Um, I feel like we needed some uh, depth at linebacker. Right. Uh, the last couple years. Okay. And I wanted to address that position, and he just kept popping, yep. popping out at me. Just his speed, his physicality, but his 
leadership, mm -hmm. his intangibles, the things that he does off the field are just as important as what he's doing on the field, I'm telling you. He is a dynamic young man, and I just, throughout the draft process, I just fell in love with this cat. Good. He became one of my favorite players. But then on offense, I mean, so who will be the other back, Eckler and? Well, my, I'm working on it. I mean, I got a uh, draft the kid at UCLA. If Justin Jackson can stay healthy, yeah. he can be a productive NFL runner. And what kind of back? Like uh, like he's a slasher a, kind of back, or what's he? He's a, he's a slasher, okay. receiver type. Joe McKnight-ish? You know, Joe McKnight-ish. Yeah. Not, not quite as elusive as Joe, but okay. see, he's that type of guy. Okay. But he's just been hurt the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I got this rookie uh, out of UCLA. You know, he's a bigger body, bigger guy. Uh, he's going to get all the dirty work. But sure. I need him to be full core special team guy. When you can do more things at the quarterback position with the three quarterbacks I have now, yeah. when you can move, okay, then you take some of the load off of that, off of that backfield. Yeah. Because people have to account for the quarterback of now. Of course, of course. So Tyrod gonna hold two people on the backside every time. Every time. So now my guy's taking less hits. Yep. You know he's running against a lighter box. Sure. You know. And then I mean, talking about those three quarterbacks, you you made a comment about Kaepernick saying, "Hey, we'd work him out." No, I, absolutely. I mean, I was like, why, why wouldn't we have Kaepernick on our workout list to work out? At least you know, check what, him out, right? Yeah, exactly. Least, yeah. Have, uh, you know, I don't know where uh, where his head is at and, when, and, and what type of shape or condition he's in, but, uh, you know, if a guy wants to play like I'm hearing that he wants to play, yeah, yeah we, we, we want to check him yeah. out and see where he's at. I like that. Because he fits what, what we're doing right now. No doubt. And, and this year, in this pandemic, we're going to need a surplus of players. Right. Because, right. I mean, what's going, to, gonna go down. what's going to happen if two go down at one position, you know, on a Friday? Yeah. Games on Sunday, you know, you got to have a surplus of players waiting on standby every single week now. That's true. It's going to be In a very any unique. year, but especially this especially, year. Right? Especially this year. You're right. You know. And I guess the final question is, are we going to have football, man? What's going on? What are you hearing? <laughs> Give hey. us the inside scoop. I, we won't I, tell anybody, Alan. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, but I, I think we're going to do our best to come up with protocols and try to keep everybody safe, players, staff, and support staff, and, uh, and, and play the game that we all love and enjoy. You know, we would love to bring our product uh, start on time. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think our country could use a little I agree. Uh, excitement and football. Agree. Bring people back together. Bring people back together. So uh, if we can get it done, I'm... We, we, we will find a way. I'm trying to figure out how we come up with this name, Fourth and Forever. Fourth and Forever? You like it? How do oh, we no, come up with like Fourth it? and Forever? I don't know. No, I'm just, it's, just, it's unique. But fourth and, the, fourth and Forever, for me, that's a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> punt. We got a punt now. Fourth and Forever. Wow. Hey, Lynn, just bashing, bashing the brand. Are we going to cut that out? Are we going to cut that out? <laughs> Do we need to change the name? Third and short, second and one, second and one. We got the whole play. I love second and one now. There's no doubt about it. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. Wow. Comes on the show first. He kicks my ass on the golf course. Then he comes on the show, bashes the name. So now you know what kind of guy we're dealing with. I was just curious. Fourth and forever. How did that come about? Was it a play that we both shared back in the day, or was it? You know, I just. I like Jeez second and one. Louise. There we go. All right. Well, we got a new name. <laughs> Welcome back to second and one.
I'm your open playbook. Okay, well that'll that's a wrap, man, Aylin. That was really ended on a downer. No, but I uh, can't thank you enough for your time. Yeah, man. So awesome. Thank you very much. Hi, right, brother. Like, share, subscribe uh, at Mark underscore Sanchez at Fourth and Forever Instagram, Twitter, all that. You know where to go. Thanks again for having us, and we'll see you soon.